What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Times Up Outdoors podcast brought to you by Tethered. TetheredNation.com. All your saddle hunting needs will be met here. If you haven't, check out the new Grit series that's coming out from Tethered soon. I don't believe their website has it up yet, but I have seen a ton of buzz about it on the saddle hunting pages. They're coming out with a new line of saddle hunting equipment, saddles, sticks, platforms that will be lower price point. Not cheaper build, just cheaper price point. We have been using tethered saddles for the past five years, and it's the best way to deer hunt, in my opinion, period. Also, we're in partnership with Lacrosse Boots, Lacrosse Footwear. This podcast episode was recorded in an ice fishing shanty on top of the ice, where I am wearing my Lacrosse Alpha Burley Pros 1600 gram insulate, I believe. My feet were toasty warm. I love those boots. They're not the ideal boots if you're going to have to hike out a long way uh, while you're deer hunting because your feet are going to sweat in them because they're very warm. Um, I typically would either wear something different out, hike out, and then put those on afterwards because they're going to keep your feet really warm while you're sitting in the deer stand too. Ice fishing, they're my go-to. We also tried out their Ursas last year during deer season, and they're they're the ultimate hiking boot hunting boot. I mean, they're waterproof. They're not knee high or shin high, so you're not going to be wanting to go through deep stuff with them. But keeping your feet dry while hiking or hunting, great boot. I wore them on the plane to my moose hunt. I've worn them around just everyday use. They're awesome, awesome, comfortable boots. Uh, So check those out as well. And like I said, this episode was recorded in an ice fishing shanty, so you're going to have to bear with some of the noise. Uh, also, my voice is a little raspy because I've been sick for two weeks. Uh, we get Alex from East to West Hunts on the podcast. Alex has been uh, working with us for some of our hunt plans. Um, he planned my moose hunt, and um, we're going to get a full interview in with him about what he does, how he started doing it, how the point system works for applying for other animals, other tags for animals in different states, stuff like that. So I think you're going to really like this one. It's very informative stuff that usually is confusing to me. Alex has a way of breaking it down. I hope you like it. If you do, like it, share it. Tell all your friends you're listening to it. Share it on your social media. Tag us in it. Make sure you tag us in it so we see that, and then we'll reshare it as well. So hope you enjoy. Steve, did you want to do this, the tether, Dad? Did you got something to say about Tether? Maybe I'll do it later. <laughs> he gets nervous. All right, so we are here with Alex from East to West Hunts. And uh, I, I'm i going to probably butcher exactly how you would describe what Alex does. But let he's Alex like, describe how he does. Yeah, we're, yeah I'm, I would rather let Alex describe what, what Alex does. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, what's, what's the best way to describe what I do? I, I would say it's a full-scale tag application and hunt planning service. So that covers doing your tags, hunt consulting, planning all of your hunts, and then outfitting hunts if you decide to go guided. And uh, a little extra on there is I also do gear rentals. Which, and we both, we've, all of us as well, Doug's in the shanty with us too. Sorry, Doug, I forgot to introduce you. I don't need one. (laughs) We've all used him. We've used Alex's services except for Doug. Uh, for multiple things. Yeah. Uh, Alex basically set up our moose hunt for us. So. Um, yeah. And that was and, exciting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that was like a last minute thing. Like I called you, I called you for something else, because I was googling moose hunts, and you and, and I kept finding all this stuff, and I was getting all these emails, and you were like, well, yeah, that's kind of what I do, and I'm like, oh, well, then you can do it, and I told told Alex I needed to go on a moose hunt within like inside of 12 months, which isn't really easy oh, to find, and and he made it happen, and he made it happen at a good spot too. It wasn't like we got a rinky dink place, right. So, and then also we've, we've been using them for some tag stuff, so. So to break down the dumb version of this, and Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, basically somebody reaches out to you at East to West Hunts, you guys connect, get a game plan together, and if I want to go hunt mule deer in a different state, we make a plan for a fee, and you help them apply, tell them what, you know, they're able to decide what their best opportunity is going to be, if they want a trophy mule there or just want a normal hunt, or, and that, that's such a deep wormhole that you can go down forever, but, so, mm-hmm. that is, that, that's pretty accurate, right? That's just, get a hold of you, and off it goes and run it. Yeah, yeah, and there's, there's like no perfect realm or way of going about it, but I would say, you know, the, the, the perfect process is, client goes on the website which is east to west hunts.com and they're going to book a consultation on there and it will ask them hey you know what are you looking for essentially and that'll set up a direct you know appointment essentially on my calendar book for an hour doesn't cost anything probably should but doesn't cost anything and then we set up and and just discuss what the person's looking for right because you're right it is a it, it is a long rabbit hole, wormhole, whatever you want to call it. Then we then we formulate a plan from there of what's the best option for them, right? Because some folks are like, just like Scott, right? He reaches out and says, hey, I, I want to book a moose hunt. That's a very direct thing. And it's just one moose hunt. And it's like, I got to do it now. But but then you, you have the other aspect of it's like, hey, I want to go elk hunt and mule deer hunt. Well, that that's an open book. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about. So, so it's formulating an actual plan of what does this look like, immediate, short term, mid, long term, right? And, and when I'm look, looking at that, I'm talking the next year, the next like three to five years, next like five to seven or eight, and then realistically like eight plus. It's, and, and even eight years is maybe short, but eight plus years is really like long term in my book. So. You know, the reality is if you start off on this, you're going to get hooked on it. And if you start, you might as well start with a bunch of different things, building the opportunities versus like doing one and then trying to restart when you're ready again, because it's going to be like way too far of a gap because you lost a bunch of years by waiting too long to make other decisions. Right. Which is kind of what we're all doing right now. <laughs> well, yeah. there's still me and Nico got two states. Yeah. That's yeah. only got Utah right now, right? Yeah. And I like the way that that consult that you did where we, I don't know, Zoom call or FaceTime or whatever it was, but you broke it down like, all right, what do you want to do short term? Do you want a bow hunt? Do you want a gun hunt? What are you looking guided, for? Guided, not guided. Yeah, do you, are you looking for trophies? Are you looking for you know, better odds of drawing, but maybe not as good of a trophy unit? Because every state is so different, and without the knowledge of it, which is it's pretty tough to break down every state and your odds and it changes every year depending on winners and all kinds of stuff like that so your knowledge on that and you made it mm-hmm. really easy to break it down for short-term and long-term hunting goals that it's pretty intimidating if you just got online and tried to do it by yourself 
I would never do it. It really. Yeah, I, I probably would have. I would have never really. There's it, no way I would have applied for those Utah tags. Been applied for without. It, it gets it gets me overwhelmed. There's so many different and, and some people out there might listen to that and have done it themselves and think it's easy, but. I was just talking to Alex about it the other day because he's doing my Arizona draw and like he was trying to log me in for a while and then he called me and he's like, "Do you already have an account?" And I'm like, "No." And he's like, "I think you do." And then I'm like, "Oh yeah, like 12 years ago, I tried to apply for Arizona and got too confused and just gave up on it." So then he had to like make me a new account and shit. <laughs> that makes sense because uh, like even our own hunt, like the Michigan Hunting Digest, just for hunting deer. It's a lot to read. Yeah. And there's a lot of little minute changes in there, minute changes. In Every there. year. Every Just year. logging in and buying our own licenses is a pain in the ass. So if you're trying to do multiple species in multiple states, east to west really breaks it down. How many people work for you, Alex? Is it just you that does this? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm, I'm solo, and then I have a, another gentleman that I brought on. He's, he's working on more of kind of a development relational side with, with the outfitting stuff right now because... Our, my largest opportunity right now is like with clients like it's great um having the relationships and and like i can i can do all that and, and that part's fine and at some point i will have to start adding more people which is great but the opportunity at hand is like you know everybody's different right so, so you're gonna get you know the scenario where somebody's going to draw a random opportunity tag that they probably have no business drawing right with two three percent and then they're like okay well now i'm freaking out because it's such a great tag i need an outfitter and wherever they drew that we might not have a direct outfit relationship with it so now we got to go basically making calls left and right trying to find the right outfit for them so what i really want to have that built out every state every unit every style of hunt I, I want that all kind of built up so this next year is literally building like a full directory and then and then designing it on the website where you're going to be able to basically go and say oh i want to go hunt colorado i want to go hunt elk and then it's going to populate a bunch of different opportunities and then it'll route you to come talk to me but then we can actually like explain what that scenario is on the back end if you draw a you know a great tag or even even if you got an over-the-counter one it's it just gives us a lot more streamlined ability to make things even faster, but but it's a lot of time because there's there's thousands of outfitters out there to, to vet out and talk to and, and kind of build that relationship. Yeah, that's a whole different aspect of overwhelming information there. It's impressive that you do this by yourself because I'm sure you got a pretty good sized clientele and that's a lot of information. How did you how did you get started into this? Like, how did you even learn to do all of this? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I think I stumbled upon the the opportunity to be honest. So so I I grew up in Michigan. I moved to Colorado, and as soon as like I moved there, like my intention was I'm going on an elk hunt. Like that was just that was already pre-planned, probably years in advance. So so I started already doing research and getting involved with all this other stuff. And I started realizing this is one it's a pain two it's a it's a large learning library of information a lot of conflicting information and and realistically just the barrier of entry was high right so so then i i went on this elk hunt and then i started getting a ton of people reaching out and they're like hey how'd you do that hey i want to do that hey you know 
how did you figure out which way to go? How did you figure where to hunt, right? And I'm like, Jesus, like, people just came out of the woodwork, you know? And, and, and then I just started helping people randomly, and then I was like, I'm spending so much time on this, like, I need to get paid for doing this. So, <laughs> I got a bite. So, so then I, I just, I started the business, and, and it really just kind of organically has grown. I don't do a lot of marketing. I, I would say my largest area that I post is Instagram, but, but for the most part, the business has purely grown organically through word of mouth and or coming off of Instagram. And then, you know, like one person starts and then like four or five people start adding on and, and it just, it's kind of blossomed from there. So I've been blessed in that opportunity, but I get to, I get to do something that I enjoy doing. I enjoy data, spreadsheets, you know, all that kind of stuff that some people hate, but the best way to put it is it's like you're an accountant for every state because every state's got different rules and regulations and you really just got to play around and study them and research them. And I, I don't know everything off of the top of my head, but I do have a pretty organized library of information that I pull from. And then if something changes, like right now I was looking a bunch of states, they still don't even have information loaded for this year yet because they still got, they either got meetings like commission meetings, they have stuff to publish. They might be changing the way that they're processing their draw. So, so you're, you're kind of waiting until potentially where the draw is to make the decision of what, what's next step, you know? Yeah, that's, that's so much more than I could ever dive into. <laughs> I could never keep that stuff that organized. Because stuff changes nonstop. <coughs> well, I mean, oh, yeah. for example, we're, we applied for Utah. Two, two years ago? Was it two years ago? Or? Yeah, yeah. So yep. we applied for Utah, and we kind of anticipated it being this year that we would draw. Potentially. That was like the first year we thought we had a shot. And then Utah had that giant die-off, which mm-hmm. throws a wrench into everything. Yeah, and I don't live in Utah, so I didn't even know that happened. Right, neither did I. I, mean, I, I kind of like heard a little bit about it, but I didn't know. Alex explained it to me the other day on the on the phone. And maybe we can get into that a little bit later, but I didn't know anything about it. So if I didn't know anything about it, and then we drew tags, or we, yeah, you're doing it on your own. Yeah. Um, but Alex was on top of it, knew exactly what was going on in that state. Yeah, and you're able to break down, I'm, I'm sure you can find the information if you go into it, but like, just to reach out to you, like, hey, what are the odds we can draw? And you literally send us a percentage, like, you know, of what the actual odds are, so we can kind of plan our year before we even get into that point, which is obviously huge. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, you know, there's so many different services out there to to give you some information, which is, which is great, don't get me wrong, but you have to also really anticipate what potentially can happen. And I think that's where people really kind of miss out on it, right, because I, again, I have every spreadsheet known to man. I have pretty much every service out there that I can go and look at stuff that a client would look at. I have every mapping software, you name it. I have, it's insane some of the stuff that I have. Like, like I can tell you where they have sheep feeding on the mountain in September, you know? <laughs> like, it, you know where fish are biting on Lake St. Clair? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let's, uh, let, let's. <laughs> Because they're, they're on the Canadian at. side. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely not here. <laughs> yeah, I remember I brought up to you uh, potentially doing a spring bear hunt one of these years, and you were like, oh, just say when. 
like I, I can put you on the right mountain. And I was like, well, holy shit, that, that information's worth its weight in gold, let alone a little small chunk of money that'll get you going to get after it. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, everything you're doing, you're going in blind, which is great. Going in blind, if you can want to do it that route, obviously that's awesome, but you're paying a lot of money for the, all these tags, and a lot of time goes into making these hunts happen. So put some stuff in your favor here and having somebody with the knowledge and the <laughs> hundreds of spreadsheets. Especially because a lot of people are doing this to go hunt an animal they've never hunted before. Right. Like, we can kind of go in blind and deer hunt because we've been deer hunting for a long time, but, like, to go through all spend all the money to apply draw an elk tag and then walk out there and be like all right yeah just totally willing <laughs> watch to some cam hands videos yeah. and try to kind of, kind of like what we're doing with this ice fishing trip <laughs> yeah <laughs> we see how that's going for us yeah <laughs> i love it nico gave us a no, I, 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 the spot <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like you know the the information is key and there's a lot of like research to get the information which is huge but you know there, there's never a guarantee right but whether it's you know i've i've hunted it or somebody else has hunted it and then just the you know there there's a lot of there's a lot of different information that gets put into like for example you want to go spring bear hunting well like I know exactly where you could go because we've shot bears in multiple places or clients have shot multiple bears in different places or outfitters have shot them, right? Like, like there's trends where you could put it up. Like I, I did a hunt plan last night with somebody for, for Colorado and we were looking at areas that they want to hunt. And I was basically just going through like on a, on the map, like here's X, Y, Z that we look at. Here's X, Y, Z that we look at. We started kind of formulating and you start seeing a pattern on a map it's like basically like like you're putting waypoints and before you know it you got like a big square and you're saying okay well look at what the story tells here we're looking at food we're looking at water we're looking at traffic we're looking at migration corridors whatever it is that we're looking at for whatever time of the year like there's a lot of data points that you can look at for that versus like hey my buddy told me that this is a great spot to go hunt cool yeah, I don't know what that means. He went there in November, and I'm you know going there I mean? in September. Like, right, right. You know, like that, that doesn't. That to me, that that's really like winging it. Actually, I'll, I'll give you a real one. I did a hunt plan for for a client last year. We do the whole thing, go over it. And by the way, like hunt plans to to give you perspective, it's basically 3D modeling where you're going to hunt. Put it in in a Google Earth snapshot. We all meet on video. We go through that on video, and then it gives you specifics to go into. So, depending on the season, you know we're going to look at different opportunities. But for example, let's say you were hunting a late season hunt, I'm going to put in there some opportunities in the event that you have warmer weather. Where should you go? Because that happens more often than not, right? You're going in November. You're like, man, it's 60 degrees. Well, guess what? Those animals aren't where they're going to be with 10 degree weather. Yeah. So we got to have like we got to have multiple opportunities of where you could go, and then you start putting that on a map. Well, now you have a week's worth of stuff, probably more honestly, because I typically give like three to five different areas. You probably only maybe hit three max in like a seven day period, but it gives you the opportunities of where to go. So where are you gonna get water? Where are you gonna glass from? You know, where are you gonna park? Where are your opportunities for, you know, leveraging your your glassing points, your different slopes, like. There's a lot of info to that 
to go into the story, put that together, and then the client does not follow the hunt plan whatsoever. He says, oh, my buddy told me to go X, Y, Z. We didn't see an elk. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. One star. And, and, then, and, then, and, then I, and then I go over it, and I'm like, you know, like, hey, very well, you could have not seen anything on the hunt plan either. I, I can't promise you anything to that. Sure, but right. statistically, I do know that there are elk specifically where you're supposed to go, but you totally called an audible on that one and it's like okay well let's let's move on to this year you know so there's all i'm saying is there's just like a lot of data that gets put into it to have purpose to what it is it's not there's no winging it of any sort you know let's let just check a dart on the on the board yeah because obviously like any good business you want success rates and it's hunting so they're never going to be very high More tea. Because, because that's just how it goes get your damn tea away from the microphone <laughs> Scott's all, Scott quit coffee, so he's been sucking down tea. Dude, so this, this is the best good. thing I brought. Oh, I actually want some of that. You want some? Yeah, but you're sick, so I'm not going to have it. Well, drink it out of your own cup. My own cup has water in it. Mm. And I don't want to dump my water out because then I won't have water. Sounds like you're shit out of luck, Steve. So, right. having obviously wanting success for everybody that's going out there, it's not like you're hiding information, so you're able to take. If Scott goes out the year before and shoots an elk over here, you have all that information, and it's all being shared. So, it, it, in in a way, in a way, <laughs> you hear I the ice shifting, dude. Right now. Alex, can you hear the ice shifting? What's that? Can you hear the ice? No. It's scary through okay, the headphones, now, now I can. <laughs> if, if it's the crackling in the background kind of sound. Yeah. Dude, it's so loud right now, and it, the microphones are on the ground, and I'm pretty sure we're off. We're fishing on like two and a half inches. Pretty sure our buttholes are all pretty. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ, that was a good one. So if I if I hear submerging in the water, I know what happened to you guys. Yeah, call my yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give away our good spots. So like, we'll tell you off the I air where we're at. Well, to, to talk about good spots, right? People talk. People ask, like, okay, well. Am I going into an area where somebody else is going to be hunting? No. And a lot of times, you know, hunt plans aren't going to be like copied and pasted for somebody because there's just so many different variables to how somebody's hunting and whatnot. Right. I have yet to have anything like that uh, coinciding, but you definitely can get patterns of where where things are going to be based on just statistics over the years, right? You can say, okay, well. In, in this in this weather, at this time of year, the animals were at this elevation range and X Y Z, and that can be patterned out into other hunt plans, right? So so that's good data, and uh, you know the development of that is is key. So so not, no copying and pasting, but there's definitely patterns to put in place. What are you doing over there? I'm getting my little ice rape whistle. Jesus. He's making noise. It's got a whistle on it. <laughs> These guys are preparing to go through the ice range. <laughs> the little ice spikes around my neck now. Shoot, it's it's so loud. It's like worse with the headphones, I think. Yeah, it's because the headphone, the microphone's on the ground. Sorry, Alex. You're good. I, I I'm not I'm not impacted by your loudness. But he's he's not having an anxiety attack right now. Jesus. Jesus, nope. I didn't like that one at all. 
Nico hasn't flinched once, so I think we're good. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? You feel, you feel like we're, we're safe right now? Yeah, where's it gonna go? I don't know. Down? Down? <laughs> no, ice doesn't go down. What? Ice floats. Maybe oh, maybe a crack will go all the way around the shanty that we're sitting in and we just go under. That's how I picture it in the cartoons. <laughs> Alright, so back to, back to Alex. <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry. Get back on track, guys. So, if somebody wanted to go out west and get in, other, other than, like, I want to go hunt mule deer, but I don't know what state, other than I'm going to call east to west hunts, is there anything you would give, like, first things first to dive into into that? Any any tips and tricks? Not to void away from your as far goal, as like, of course. Like, where, where should as, somebody as start? As far as... Well, I, I think you I think you need to actually like know what you want to do. So, yeah, have some somewhat of know, an you, idea of, of where you want to go, what you want to do. Yeah, like like the common questions, right? Like this is this is truly like starting at the basement, building the foundation. Okay, what animals do you want to go? You know, what what animals do you want to go after right now? But then I I highly encourage think about okay. I'm gonna go out west at some point. I want to go out in the next two years. What else am I going to want to hunt down the road, and/or when am I gonna want to go back? Because that—that's like the key miss for folks. Is oh, I only want to hunt this right now. But it—it it, it goes back to like if you only pay attention to the money that's in your bank account, and you're not investing. You have no future. The exact same thing here, right? Like. You have to invest, but you also have to have something that you want to do right now, and and that's the the biggest component. You got to like really reflect on that part in, in the conversation. Then you got to think about what time of year do I want to go. Ninety percent of the time, everybody says with a rifle because everybody thinks it's easier with a rifle, and and that's fine. So everybody wants to go with a rifle, but that also might be the coldest. Or that might also be the hardest tag to draw, or oh, whatever so the crazy. case is. So, it's so you know, there. those are. <laughs> is it better? It's getting yeah. worse. It makes me feel better. <laughs> you scared the fuck out of dog. Out the window. I thought I was going in. I, mean, I think it's fine, right, guys? So you're saying rifle tags are what everybody wants, hardest to draw. Sometimes it's not the easiest though, because of weather. Uh, obviously, usually you're not peak run with the rifle. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Well, you, 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 you can be peak rut with a rifle. Like, if, if you want to go hunt mule deer fourth season in Colorado, that's peak with a rifle. It's also the most difficult tag to get because everybody wants to hunt peak of the rut with rifle. But... You want, you know, that that's kind of the question. Like, do you want to go hunt mule deer this year, or do you want to go hunt mule deer with a rifle this year? Because those are completely two different things, right? So we have to look at different states and different stats. So all I'm saying is, you got to do your homework on like what do you actually want, and then think about the weapon, the the year that you want to get out there, and and the the other one that's a really big sticking point. I think people don't realize how much stuff costs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Like, you know, you, you, you know, do some research, go check out like how much is a tag. You know, when I, 
like I meet with folks and I, actually I, I, I had a gentleman great convo with him but but he hits me up and he's like hey, I want to go hunt elk but I don't even want to go hunt elk uh, like a bull elk I'm totally fine going to hunt a cow I'm like all right cool he's like yeah I want to like do it for two grand I'm like you're smoking a lot of crack like it ain't gonna happen <laughs> you know and and he's like really it's a cow it's a cow hunt and I was like yeah but you want to go guided like the guide has to do just as much work right to go cow hunting as he does for a bull like I've heard it could be even harder time you can't not paying really to kill the animal yeah, right but if you if you want to go on a rifle hunt like and you're not in the rut like that that won't make much bearing to it but all I'm saying is like think about that right if you're going to go outfitted with somebody like the outfitter's still going to do work he's still going to want to get paid he might charge a thousand dollars less but you're probably still going to be four grand into that hunt so that that takes a little bit of information seeking to figure that out, or you know, it is. I, I can I, see a pike right now in pike? the ice. Yeah, it's literally. Sorry, Alex. There's a pike swimming under the ice. We can see it. Get the spear. <laughs> sorry, I was going to say spear him. Yeah, we don't have. <laughs> we got a spear. We're just not ready to use it. Ugh. Well, I'll tell you what, all of that makes me take back what I said about if somebody wanted to do it without going through you, to just just call East to West, man, because there's too much information out there. Because the other thing that I didn't think about until I was talking to you was, so if you were to put in for multiple states, you know, start going into it, but you didn't think about this ahead of time, like I definitely wouldn't have. If I was to draw two states at the same time, or, you know, two different areas, you can't obviously hunt two places at once, so you're just shit out of luck and you're going to lose that money in a lot of the situations. And it's not like what on average. What am I paying a year for Arizona? Roughly like two hundred and ten dollars a year, something like that. Uh, you're yeah. So you're what? Over two hundred. I'll, I'll walk it through here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say you're closer to three hundred bucks. Yeah. So if you're just like you're doing, doing that you're doing line, deer not turkey. knowing what you're doing, you might just be wasting your money. Yeah, and that's not that's for deer oh, yeah, turkey I mean, and elk. Yeah, and I could make one mistake, like you were saying, if I draw an elk, I paid for that tag. Like, if I'm not paying for a point, and I'm like, let's say I'm trying to draw in two different states, and I draw them both, I have to, I bought the tag. I, I gotta go do both, or I gotta not do one of them. Yeah, you just lose that money. Yeah, so, it, I don't know, I I feel like I I call Alex and text him maybe a little too much, but uh, there's lots yeah, of questions. when you... When you, when you when you text me a lot, it was so funny when I called you the other day. You're like, oh, I know if I text you a lot, you're just calling me. <laughs> I know, but if I send more than four texts to Alex, I get a call, like, right after. Like, sometimes I'm laying in bed with my wife texting him, and then he'll call, and then she's like, who's calling you? And I'm like, well, well this is my <laughs> This is this guy I'm bothering. <laughs> hey, I'd rather, I rather, I rather get it over with and, and, and know exactly what I'm telling you versus, like, the well, back and forth for an hour, you know. Well, not just in like not my my experience other than the Utah tags with you is the the outfitter outfitted hunt that can get extremely overwhelming, especially if you go on the internet and you start putting your email address or phone number into any of these like fill this out and you know to get a price or whatever. Don't don't do it. Just call honestly. Just call Alex because I got so many phone calls and so many emails from different outfitters and different places that were probably most of them were probably garbage and it was just like I was inundated with phone calls and emails about that moose hunt or, or a hunt I, I, I put in for several different kinds of hunts 
And then once I got on with you, it was like everything just shut off. You're like, I'll call you back in a couple of days. And then you did, and we had a spot. And, I mean, I, I've never... I mean, we booked a bear hunt on our own. Whereas even that, like, I don't know if we ended up at a great spot. But I think if I'm spending that kind of money, I would rather go through somebody who has a network, a connection uh, to more people to make sure that I'm ending up in a good spot. I'm spending, you know... Fifteen hundred to five thousand dollars on a hunt or whatever it is, I would feel a lot better about it knowing that it's coming from somebody that is a little bit more connected to those things. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. I, yeah, I, I think I, I appreciate that, Scott. I, I think the I think the goal for me is like to to truly help somebody out, right? It, it's to make it simpler and easier because I know it. I know it is can be. I know that it is daunting and there's a lot of information out there and I'll be the first one to say, you know, let's, let's use this scenario because this has happened. Truthfully, this has happened. Great outfitter, great reviews, great reputation. Book a hunter with them or book multiple hunters with them. And one of the hunters has a guide that just, they just don't, have a good like maybe they have poor customer service bad experience maybe they yeah whatever that guy can ruin the whole hunt and they do Mm -hmm. i have no control over that right right i have i have no idea who this outfitter uh you know has had for 20 years and then the guy passes away and he's got to hire somebody that guided for somebody else and and now that guy sucks this year like i have i nobody has control over that but at least we have statistical information and or we have reviews and or we've vetted, vetted them out to say, hey, your odds are that you're probably gonna have a pretty good hunt with right. this outfitter, right? Like like that's the key. Because to point, there's a lot of snake oil out there, right? Oh like, yeah. Hey man, we're gonna, like I, I, I'll never forget this. I hunted, I hunted in Idaho. We did a, we did our river hunt called River of No Return. You can go look it up. <laughs> I'm and literally, it can it, it really can become the river of no return. You're hunting in a really really high predation area. It's beautiful, but you can only get to this this area of the mountain where where we were hunting with this outfitter under his permit. Could only get on there on a jet boat. Okay. And the only people that can operate this jet boat on the river, they have to be Coast Guard certified, which there was like two people in this entire area that were postcard certified. One of them happened to be one of the owners of the outfit. We get on there, you're you're like, you're on some crazy, crazy amount of water with boulders everywhere. We saw freaking other jet boat that was flipped over from like another outfit. Oh geez. Across the river. And I mean, it was, it was pretty gnarly. We, we get in there, we hunt for five days. We end up shooting a couple bears. And I'm thinking to myself, like the amount of work that went into this and, and just getting to and from, like the amount of risk is insane. So, yeah. Outfitter gets huge kudos in my book for just like, just the way that they operated everything. And some of it, like to somebody might not be great. Like we got to the outfit, they had they had a lot of people working. They had a lodge. We had like cabins and stuff, but we had to we had to come out and they brought like 
I mean, they had a ton of hay that they were bringing with these boats, and we we then started helping them because they, <laughs> we had horses and stuff like that. You know, to somebody, they're like, "Dude, I didn't come here to work." Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Oh shit, this is this is a horrible experience to me. I'm like, Dude, these guys just busted their butts. Like, I'm gonna go grab some bales and go right. with the, the horses. Right? Those are two completely different scenarios. But here's the, where the snake oil comes in. We end up across the we end up across the river later that day. We end up coming up a, a couple barrels that were out for bears. Well, come to find out, one of the barrels that we ended up hiking and we were hiking for hours was to another outfit down the river. This outfit has a cabin. They have eight guys in it. They literally have four barrels on the side of the mountain. That's it. So, so these guys are literally in a cabin. They paid probably just the same amount of money. Right. And they're going to sit the same four barrels on one side of the mountain the entire time. I'm like, that is awful. Yeah. You know, or like for us, like we had, we had barrels all over the place, but we weren't even sitting barrels. We were literally hiking into different areas where we were taking horses or mules. And then we were, we were basically setting up shop and glassing and we were finding bears moving around, going all over the place. Like we ended up killing bears off of the hiking trails. We didn't even hit them on, on bait barrels. That's awesome. Two completely different hunts two two completely different outfitters one of them amazing the other one absolute trash Trash, and they're literally across the river from one another yeah you know yeah it's funny you said that about the the, you guys were helping with the hay i'm pretty sure my dad helped chop wood one day uh, on our moose hunt and um when i was when i shot my moose the the guy you know i was like you know i don't know what, what happens next and he's like you know we gotta you gotta quarter it out and i'm like well what do you want me to do? He's like, well, how much do you want to do? I'm like, I want to do everything. Let me do as much as I can do. And he was kind of laughed. He said a lot of his clients, he said he's had clients lay down in the bushes and take a nap while he cleaned the moose and, <laughs> and quartered it up yeah. and everything, did all the work and literally did nothing, you know, and just watched them while they ate their sandwich and <laughs> mm-hmm. rub, rubbed a sack on their back straps. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely you can definitely get in. I've only I've got on a one guided bear hunt and it was it was all it was okay it was all right. My dad went on one. He's been on a bunch and one of them they got there and the the lady that was there was like, oh yeah, my husband died last week. Um, so we got some kid coming over here. He's gonna show you where your where your bait spots are. And some kid showed up and like drove them out to their bait, and then that's that was it. They never talked to another person the whole week. They're, what was that? Yeah. Everything just went out for a second. It's back now. What was that right. noise? I heard like a loud crack. Well, Doug was messing with his tackle box. But that was not me. Dude, that was loud. Was it loud? Yes. It was <laughs> like really loud in my ear that doesn't have the... All the cracks are coming from where you're sitting. Yeah. Oh, Scott's I can look between my legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, I you can those those those, those guided hunts, especially when you're going in another country, they can be so unpredictable. So I think yeah. increase your odds of having a better experience, and call somebody who's got you know some knowledge in it, instead of just going into it blindly. Hey, I got a question for you. Um, since I've eaten that moose now, it's got to be honestly the best wild game I've ever had in my life. How do I? Yeah. How do I shoot a moose and not have to spend two ten grand on it? <laughs> Where do I gotta go? 
Where do you gotta go to yeah. shoot a moose? Where can I go shoot a moose and not have around. to not to have a guided like a wow, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Steve is pissing in a nice. Did hole you in think the that wasn't gonna be loud? <laughs> Did you guys hear it? Yeah, yeah, real loud. Yeah, like you're peeing into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like if I wanted to go on a moose hunt, you don't have to tell me exact spot, but is that possible, Steve? Your pole's getting bites. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Look at it. Looking... Which pole? That, that's called good luck right there. <laughs> really? Is. Yeah, dude. Look at your pole. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like, is that is that is that something that you can do? Like. Going in moose hunt, on a moose hunt somewhere where you're not spending a shit ton of money on an outfitter. Because I'm not the kind of guy that can afford a $10,000 hunt like we went on. Oh shit. Yeah, fucking rich. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it's possible. The, the key is going to be getting that tag, right? So, like, if you if you want to go to Alaska and hunt moose, you're yeah. still going to be spending a lot of money. Because e- even though you could get an over-the-counter you know, tag per se, you still have to travel to Alaska. Yeah, the logistics of Alaska is a nightmare. Exactly. So, so, so that kind of is out. Like I would say, you, you, re- unless you're the most frugal human on the planet and you are just counting every penny, I would, I would have a hard time telling you you're probably going to get out of that with like less than seven grand. Oh, okay. I know. I don't know how these guys did it, but <coughs> the guys that hunt on the lease across the street from mine. They said they went to Ontario and did a public land hunt, but I don't know how they got the tags. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 in theory, can, but even, even so, like Ontario's, Ontario's an interesting space because, I mean, the outfitters really run that game quite a bit. Right, in right. In Canada, if you're talking, and and let's talk, you know, let's be realistic. It, it just throws more hoops going across the border as you know yeah oh my god yeah but but in the in the in the you know lower 48 let's let's call it applying to colorado applying to idaho i uh, would not say wyoming you know you could you, you could say some other states but let's say for example idaho your tag itself is going to be uh, 2500 bucks for a moose but then Jesus. for a moose yeah yeah, Man, that's a where expensive. you yeah, know what? I think in, in. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm having no, second no, thoughts about giving any of my friends any of that moose meat that's in my freezer. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean you got to think about like price per good. pound. It's probably sixty bucks a, a pound. Dude, it's so good you though. Know, it's it's so good. Yeah, I'd be I'd be curious. Have you had elk or no? No. Yeah, I, I, I gotta give you some elk meat, and then and then I, I I gotta give you some antelope because there's there's mixed reviews on who thinks what's the best. But yeah. my, my favorite is antelope, believe it or not. Really? See, yeah, I've heard absolutely hate it. Yeah, I've yeah. heard both that it tasted like crap and it tastes great. But also, I've heard that about moose too. A friend of mine shot a moose that it was the worst meat he's ever had. People can't cook. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the problem. People say cooking. ducks don't taste good. Right. My parents just uh, my parents both shot antelope in Wyoming this year. My mom shot a big old booner and my dad shot a doe. And uh, they're delicious, man. I didn't taste any of that sage or any of that people that people say about it. It was no. all good. Yeah, I, I love it. I like I to me it's it's light and flavor, so Yeah, I like you know, it. 
I think it's great. You know, but I've had elk anyways, at a wild game go, dinner, but it don't count. I don't think that counts. Yeah, yeah, you know. you're having a farmed elk. You don't even know if it was wild game, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, like it. It was a. It was a. a you know, a roast or whatever, and they say it's. They say it's elk. Who knows? People say right. my answers are bad. <laughs> Seth has got the recipe, man. So you've obviously done a lot of. Yeah, I. Go ahead, Alex. No, I was gonna say I, I I do think it it has to do a lot with how you cook the meat. Yeah, but people are shitty cooks. Um. Yeah, but but to circle back, like you know, you're you're gonna spend you're gonna spend money over time to get the tag, or you're gonna spend money to get the tag and go outfit it. Like yeah, it's it's very difficult to say. Like at the end of the day, I, and I've I've lived in different places now, where where I even say like where you live. It adds up in that way. Probably not California. I would probably just like mix that whole right. state in a sense of comparing it to other stuff. But in relation to, you know, in Michigan, you're gonna you're gonna spend less money on certain things. You're gonna spend more on other things. In in other states, you're gonna do the same. It, it, it's it, at the end of the day, it's all gonna wash out in some shape or form. Because if every year I apply for 20 years to try to get a moose tag and never get one, and finally in year 21 I do. I probably spent five grand trying to get the tag in the first place, and when then I still got to buy the tag, which is twenty five hundred bucks. When you could have just and, went and, and spent, I got to travel there. Yeah, and you could have just went and spent five grand yeah. or seven grand or ten grand or whatever, and go into a moose hunt. Correct. So it, it's it's time versus money, and at the end of the day, like you're probably going to wash out. Yeah. Maybe even be more expensive in the long run with inflation. Sure. Sure. So it's easier and probably cheaper to do that with an elk than a moose. And 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 some well yeah, elk tags are going to be lost. You know, <coughs> I think I think the most expensive elk tag, off the top of my head, I think is twelve hundred bucks. Oh wow! So most of them are you know you're going to be like five sixty five to let's call it eight hundred dollars or so, and then you know, and that's all varying by state, but. You know, I think that's a rough ballpark, and then obviously your travel costs and all that other stuff. So right. yeah, I mean, realistically, you got to plan twenty five hundred dollars to three thousand dollars if you want to do it do it yourself, all in, yeah. not including your gear. And if you if you want to go outfitted, like an average outfitted hunt is is probably about sixty five hundred bucks. Okay. And that's not and bad. Then, it's really not you know, bad. No, now when now when it's all said and done, because you gotta you gotta consider all those other things. So. Yeah. Especially considering Anyways, how many years you I have. I have a question plan. somewhere. Well, oh yeah, I was gonna say, you've obviously done a lot of western hunting from the sounds of it anyway, and you've been around a little to a couple different places now. Is there anywhere in particular or any animal in particular that's like something that you've done that you're like, hey, this is something people are missing out on. They sh you should be signing up to do this kind of hunt. Mm. Good question. I, I, I think if if I was to retune your question, I think each state has different opportunities that are better or worse. And if I had a favorite, I would say hunting in Nevada is my favorite. No oh, shit. And a lot of people don't Funny, hunt man. there because they think of Las Vegas. Yeah. And that they're totally missing the boat, in my opinion, but statistically too, Nevada and Arizona are hands down the two best trophy states when it comes to like quality. 
and for for what be hard pressed to draw a tag All for anything. I mean, they manage they manage everything for trophy. It's 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 quality over quantity. Yeah. Okay. It's you know you got a lot of area coverage. You know, for an, like if you think of animals per square mile, your density is not high, but you got the most sheep tags that they let out for non-residents or residents period. You have you have great terrain, great opportunity. You got great glassing area. It's managed really, really well, and they don't give out a lot of tags. Period. So like when you get a tag, like like I hunted a, a I don't know, it's five years to draw this last hunt that I went on, and it was great. I mean, I saw hundreds of deer, and I saw some giants, and I saw some dinks, and it, it was a, it was a great experience but there's like no tag that you would draw there would you be like disappointed with drawing it you know where in colorado right like everybody wants to go hunt elk in colorado which is great but that, that's that's a tough hunt because statistically like if i drew statistics up on hunting elk i flat out tell people like you know you need to count in your head like three to six percent is being realistic of your success rate and that is because when you look at stats, you're looking for yeah, statistics in total, and you're not also e- extracting private property out of those statistics. So if you have 10% and you have 50% of the state is private property, which you know, I'm just throwing stats out there, but let's say you were in a unit that half of it's private and half of it's public, and you're gonna say that the success rate is 20%, it's, it's not because if you're only hunting public and you're not hunting with an outfitter and you're not hunting a private, your statistics went down right off of the bat. Huh. So if you can get in your head that you're gonna go out there and you potentially have a 6% cap, now maybe you have a hunt plan, I would double your stats on a hunt plan to probably like 12, 15%, and you go guided, that'll maybe give you 25 to 30%. Like your odds are one every three or four years, you're probably gonna kill something realistically, but public land no knowledge you're going after it and you're you're doing the grit work in statistics of most people they're going to kill one elk every like 10 years that's that's a, a real stat and the same people are the same killers of elk every year because they have figured out a honey hole or they go to the same place every year or they're on private property and they know exactly where those animals are and they're getting those statistics up but it, it's not Hey, I'm winging it, and I'm going after some random public area hunt. It's it, it's just not like that. Makes sense to me. I mean, I've always heard public land out west is like seven percent in most states is the best you're going to get if you were not going guided. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. And that's probably being generous. You know, people say seven, so I'm going to roll a three to six. It makes more sense. So when we do draw a tag for Utah, we got to do a hunt plan. That's what I've gathered. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I've learned. For sure. Yeah, I was looking at I was I was looking at stuff actually for you guys as I was kind of computing numbers uh, last night actually. So you know you to, to kind of talk you know let's talk Utah if you guys want. But yeah. you know one of the things that I was talking about with Scott was last year the western front of most states got clobbered with not necessarily just snow but essentially what ended up happening was they got moisture whether it was snow or rain and then they got a freeze and that freeze created ice that basically 
locked up all of the food sources for these animals, and then on top of it, it dumped snow. So it's not necessarily normal in, in most years where that freezes like that. It, it's, it's not normal at all. So animals typically will come off of the mountains, and they're going to come in these lower areas to get food, and their food was frozen, so they're trying to dig it up with their hooves, and they can't get any food. They're basically dying of cold weather and starvation because they can't pack on any weight and they don't get any nutrients they're just they're just dying so animals were legit dying on the side of roads because the roads were the only things that they could like get to essentially that wasn't covered in snow yeah damn so, so what you're saying is we should go to utah and go shed hunting this year <laughs> i mean yeah 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 shed hunting would be uh, fantastic in a lot of those western states so <laughs> so 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 that changes things utah has a lot of statistics actually they do a really good job of collaring animals and figuring out how they did over certain periods of times well certain units last year they saw like 90 percent of fawns died in certain units because of the weather they, they can track and see you know x amount of does died in this area right so, so it starts drawing hey, these areas, if, if 50% of the does that were collared died in, you know, Beaver East, let's just throw it out there, right? Like, it, that would probably say that 50% of the deer on this area died, you know? Like, that's a that's a pretty tough statistic. So what we don't know this year is how that's going to change how people apply. Because in my opinion, what's going to happen is people are going to say, oh, all these animals just got crushed on the western side of the state. Let's all apply in the central part of the state. And what's going to happen is every Tom, Dick, and Harry that has enough points, they're going to say, oh, well, the center unit here, it took four points to draw. I have four points. I just want to go get a tag. And they're going to jump into it. And then guys with five points are going to jump into it. Like, it's very difficult to say what the statistics are going to hold. But I think those Western units are not going to get applied for all that much. And the central and the Eastern parts will, and it's going to throw off the data that we currently have to not be really, really good data until end of 2024, realistically going into the 2025 season. Makes sense. So we should probably just go hunt Nebraska for whitetails this year. <laughs> or I should go to Arizona and hunt mule deer. Yeah. Or do both. Like yeah, I mean, <laughs> if 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 I'm looking at it right, like we could look at different, we could look at more centralized areas to go hunt, and base it off of that. My only contingency to that is going to be, hey, this the stats might not line up perfectly. So if we go look at it and say, yeah, this year in theory you should draw, yeah that it really doesn't have any bearing because my the estimation there is going to be it's going to be off i know for a fact and i'm i'm adding at least a point of difference in it so if it would be a two-point unit like if you guys got you guys have two years of points so if, if we're applying to a two-point unit i'm i'm walking into it going you're you're probably not going to draw this year but if you draw great you know that's a that's a win yeah and so, I, don't even know I think, I think you guys just got to figure out if you want to hunt. Yeah, what? what yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with 
wait it out. It doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah, me too. This year or next year or whatever. I'm getting wicked bites right now. Especially because we're kind of... Holy oh, shit. We oh, my gosh. Steve got a fish. Yeah, buddy. Same one Doug caught earlier. <laughs> he caught a three-inch perch, and that's being generous. And I'm going to eat him. It's, ah. com- it's a completely average perch. I might even say above average. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with waiting, too. I Honestly, I'd probably a better idea. Yeah. So for just putting points. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get a couple more points and see what happens next year. Yeah, I, I think I think when yeah, I think next year to to twenty twenty five season you guys would probably be in a much better scenario. Yeah. And probably just overall happier with your with your hunt. Yeah. And in the meantime you guys you know I know Scott, you were asking me, was it was it about you were asking me about Kansas? Yeah, yeah. We Nico had mentioned wanting to go to Kansas this year with his dad instead of doing what we've normally done. Well, at least start applying to Kansas. My dad just came up to me randomly and was like, uh, "He's like that uh, that hunt guy that you were talking about." He's like, uh, "Let's let's do Kansas Zone Ten." I was like, "Okay, beat, beat so, that zone out." That was it. What's that? You should beat that zone out. I mean, it's public. People can draw. It's good luck. You don't want to know which ones are good. So what's the deal with you Kansas? You want to call Alex to find that information out. <laughs> yeah, call Alex. <laughs> He had a reason he wanted Zotan. I don't know what it was. I didn't even ask. Probably because there's deer there. He don't know. He's never. I guarantee he's never even been in Zotan. He's just like he's like that's close. There's, like, there's, there's, there's a problem. <laughs> it's close. It's a lot of public. Yeah, there's, there's deer all over the place. Yeah, I've, uh, we've turkey what, hunted. What, what were you gonna say, Kansas? Yeah. What? What? What's okay. It, how does that work with Kansas? I mean, Kansas is Kansas is fantastic. It's it's a. It's a preference point state, which is, in my opinion, nice. The more points you have, the better. You have preferential treatment over over other people. There is realistically no zero-point units in, in Kansas. I'm assuming you guys are going to want to archery hunt. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. right? So, so archery is definitely... The uh, the hot commodity, let's put it that way. So that's a that's a thing to consider. And over, I think over the last like three years, because I, I hunt Kansas pretty much every other year, and I'd say over the last like three years, I've seen point creep pretty pretty significant over that uh, over that archery tag. But you you got to buy a non-resident license. You apply. You can, you're going to build points essentially. So the the more points you have, the better. So when I talk about preference points, it just means that like every year you apply, or every year you buy a point, you have preferential treatment over the guy that has less points than you, right? So ah, okay. Scott, if you had two points and Nico has one, and you guys are applying for the same tag and the same unit for the same dates, Scott's going to get the tag and Nico won't if there was only one, right? Because you have two points and he has one. Right. Okay. So, like Michigan Bears. so this year, like if you guys if you guys want to go hunt, like we should at least get points. We're gonna, we would apply, and then if you don't draw, then you're gonna get a point as like your default, which in Kansas actually works out that way. But right, but uh, the other one is if you want to hunt a mule deer, there's something called a mule deer stamp. So essentially, you would apply to hunt whitetail, then you apply for this mule deer stamp. And that has to be drawn, right? So, like, 
in theory, you could have a white-tailed deer permit in hand, but not be able to hunt mule deer because you did not draw the optional mule deer <clears throat> stamp. Oh. That's extra. Okay. So, but you can't draw the mule deer stamp without getting a white-tailed tag. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. You, you gotta, yeah, because you're, you're, you're essentially throwing in saying, I want to go hunt deer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're, cool. you're not going to get both tags. You're getting one or the other. Yeah, if you, if you draw the deer permit, that deer permit is a white-tailed deer permit. Okay. And then you have to draw the mule deer stamp on top of it. So, oh, so you could get You got to buy a non-resident. Am I hearing that right? You yes, could get yeah, both. yeah. If you draw the... If, well, when you get both, you, you can only shoot one, but it oh, gives okay. you the opportunity to shoot a mule deer. Got it. Uh, okay. Right, so like if you have the mule deer stamp, now it says, "Hey, I can shoot a mule deer or a white tail." But if you don't get that mule deer stamp, you can only shoot a white tail. Well, that's kind of cool. So, and then if you're applying, because you have to apply for white tails per zone, right? Correct. So when you're doing that, is your mule deer stamp in that zone, or is the mule deer stamp a state thing, statewide? No, no, no. You, yeah, your contingency zones. So that would change where I, we would want to draw for white tails. Because I know yeah, there's, there's well, way, yes, better, in, in the, way better mule deer zones than the east side of Kansas. Right. Northeast Kansas. Correct. Hmm, that changes some things. That yeah. changes some things. Okay, yeah. see, this is why it's good to call Alex. Yeah, see, this, we, we, just, we just gave a real-world scenario for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So, so Kansas is a good a good example too, where you you you're going to buy a non-resident license just to get into the ball game. It's ninety-seven fifty. Then you got to do the application. So then you're going to have to pay to do the application itself. And then if you draw the deer permit, the white-tailed deer permit, that's four hundred and forty-three bucks for a non-resident. And then if you draw the mule deer stamp on top of it, that's an additional hundred and fifty-two fifty. So you're Seven hundred bucks in. Let's call it all said and done. Yeah, but let's say you're just you're applying. You know, obviously, you're saying it could take two years to get. You have to. You don't pay for those tags. You're just paying for the point. Is it cheaper that way? So you're not paying seven hundred bucks. Well, yeah, you're not buying the tags. You're just right. Yeah. Application yeah. fee. Yeah. Yeah. What's the application fee? Yeah. So you have like a you have a preference point fee. So that preference point fee is twenty seven fifty. Oh, that's not bad. And but you have to buy no, but you tag. But you got to buy licenses. So you're you're in a you're in a little over a hundred bucks to apply every year. See, that makes me want a turkey hunt Kansas this year because if you got to buy that hunting license anyway, so you spend yeah, hundred ninety bucks. Yeah, yeah. I would and do that. Yeah. Then who gives a shit about the twenty dollar application? And then you apply, and then but with one point, you're probably not going to get. So you'd be looking at Kansas probably next year. Right. Can you draw Kansas uh, Kansas over the counter for turkeys? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Nebraska changed it. I don't know if Kansas did or not. So I wasn't, they, I wasn't they went asking, to a lottery. I wasn't asking you. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to go look for the turkeys part. Who's asking the uh, expert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually, I'm not familiar um, with if they change anything with turkey or not. Maybe I should ask. I have to go look that. at that for you. I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look. <coughs> Yeah, because I can't see any uh, update on the turkey part yet here. They're late, both Nebraska and Kansas. They change their stuff for turkeys almost every year. Like, even the season dates, it's always different, and it's always late. 
It drives me crazy. Yeah. That, that I mean, that makes, to me, that makes sense. Turkey's not their primary thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's states, there's states still right now dragging the latest information out for, for deer and elk, you know, like I just saw, like Wyoming is live right now and Arizona is live for elk. And then New Mexico just posted stuff today, but like there's other states that don't have anything like even uh, I, I went and looked at Nebraska today. Nebraska still doesn't have stuff posted for 2024. So, so it's so not too late for Scott behind, to get, but sorry, it's not too late for Scott to get on your, your elk point for Arizona because you have one point. I have He's two. got until yes, Scott would have yeah, Scott can get involved uh, till February February sixth. They moved the deadline. Typically, what, the deadline. What's the cost to get in on that? Uh, you'd be in two fifteen, but you could you have you can draw the over the counter uh, mule deer archery tag that I'm using this year. You could draw that next year, and we could go next year mule deer hunting. Yeah, and we could just build up points in Utah until the deer stop dying. True. Yeah, that that license gives you the opportunity. This year it was November. What was it? November first, November second, whatever date it was. They moved it to purchase that so then in theory we'd go do your elk application right now and then if you wanted to jump on the bandwagon for deer you can apply for the deer point in the fall or not in the fall i'm sorry in the summer that's like i think uh may and june that we have which and nico will november have, 2nd we can go and purchase nico will have two deer points and i'll have two deer points scott would have one Yep. Because Nico's one point better than zero. Not deer, yes. Yep. Just a thought, Scott. Yep, yep, yep. That way you don't feel left out two years from now. <laughs> Six years from now when we go elk hunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I drew a, I drew a killer tag with uh, seven points. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sounds so good to me. It's, it's only $1,400. It's good. Arizona. <clears throat> Arizona's a... Arizona is a an interesting state because they they do points a little bit funky. They call them bonus points, but the way that the draw works is they have a, a certain amount. So let's do some math here for for you guys and, and the listeners. So they do a ninety ten. So ninety percent of all tags go to residents, ten percent go to non residents. So if we had a hundred tags, ten of them would be for non residents. Then what they do is they, they split that in between what's called a bonus pass, and then they do the first and second pass. Super confusing. Bonus pass basically means half of the tags, the non-resident tags, would go into the people that have the most points. So if there were 10 elk tags, five of them, up to five of them, would go in the bonus pass or the highest point holders. So we would have... You know, 5,000 people apply, and the top five people will get these five allocated tags. And the other five tags that are left, they go in the random draw. So now they're just in a pot with everybody else's names, and now they're just pulling names out of a hat. So, in theory, there's always a chance that you could draw a tag as long as there is tags to be pulled. Meaning, like, if you're going to apply for a sheep tag and there's only one tag you're not going to draw that tag right? yeah. unless you have, you know, 30 years worth of points. So, That's so yeah, so technically Scott, you could, you could draw 
at any point in time. Or if you guys all wanted to go, like we, we do party applications, right? So I put all of you on the same application. If one of you draws, all of you draw. Right. Oh, yeah. So. I think I'll be friends with these guys still then. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, man, we're wrapping up. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. We're cutting into about an hour. We don't want to take up any more of your time. So we appreciate you coming on the show and uh, talking about what you do. And hopefully we... Uh, Tell everybody where to uh, find you again at one more time. We'll put it in the show notes on our page and everything. But Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, well, thanks for having me, guys. It's, it's always fun chatting with you. The uh, the way to get a hold of me, uh, Instagram, if you want to follow along, I pretty much post something every day that's some form of information for you. That is at, and then east to west hunt, and the, the two is the number two. It's not T-O, so east to west hunts. Uh, if you want to go check out the website, it is east to west hunts.com, and uh, I am on Facebook too, but there's just I, I just don't like Facebook, so we'll keep it at that. So, so Instagram uh, best way to get a hold of me is just go on the website and book a time, or uh, you you literally can text to the business line, which is seven two zero two four eight seven one eight one, and that will get you a response as well. So multiple ways, it's yeah, just keep it easy for you. You can call him in the middle of the night and he'll answer. <laughs> Yeah, he really likes that. All right, sweet, man. Always. Thanks again. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks guys. We'll be in touch. Thanks, right, Alex. We'll talk to you soon. Got it. I'm sure Steve will Later. be texting you about an hour about something. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> what, what about <laughs> Wyoming? <laughs> <laughs> All right.